Uh, welcome to another episode of the Jadava Show. I am your host, Jacob Valliere, set to break down week one of an exciting week one the NFL season. Uh, lots to talk about upcoming in the show. Uh, we will talk about the Bucks and the Saints and the battle of two elderly quarterbacks. The Cowboys and the Rams, what really went wrong for the Cowboys? Was it that bad call at the end of the game uh, against Michael Gallup, or was it something else? Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson looked great. Jags upset the Colts. Lions blow a late chance to beat Chicago. The Ravens blow out Cleveland. And what is wrong with the New York Jets? But we will begin today talking about my team, the Washington football team taking a 27-17 shocker of a win in their home opener against the division rival Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it was a shock. The Eagles led 17-0 uh, towards the end of the first half. Washington came back and scored 27 unanswered points, uh, including 17 points off Philadelphia turnovers uh, to win the game. Uh, the defensive line took over. Carson Wentz was sacked eight times. Chase Young, in his NFL debut, had a sack and a half and a forced fumble. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan had two sacks and became the uh, franchise sack leader, passing Super Bowl champion Dexter Manley in the process. Um, and the defense for Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio was on full display. Eight sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. I mean, that was some hard-nosed Rivera-like defense. Carson Wentz started the game. 14 of 17 for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Carson Wentz started the game on fire. As the first half was coming to a close, I thought Carson Wentz was going to have the biggest week one performance of any quarterback. He was having his way. Touchdown pass uh, in the red zone to Zach Ertz, and then a beautiful 34-yard touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard. thought he was going to be the best week one performer. And then the rest of the game happened. Um... After he got the ball back uh, from Washington and proceeded to throw his first pick, he was 10 out of 25 for 88 yards and two interceptions the rest of the game. It was a completely different game, and he was sacked four more times, and he lost a fumble um, in what ultimately ended up being uh, <laughs> one of the most middling overall performances. But for a little over the last two quarters, Carson Wentz was really bad. Uh, he got sacked eight times. He committed three turnovers. It, this is a fifth-year quarterback who many people, including me, thought was a top-five quarterback in this league, and he sort of fell apart against one of the league's worst teams. But uh, this is a this is a disciplined, never-quit defense, and I believe Washington is going to be a problem all year long, especially at defensive line and linebacker. They are about as deep as you could possibly get in the NFL in both of those positions, and I think that their secondary is very underrated. They had a rough first quarter and a half yesterday against Philadelphia. Their last two and a half quarters, that secondary was lights out. Uh, a couple interceptions, one from Fabian Moreau and one from the people's corner, Jimmy Moreland. Uh, this is going to be a fun defense to watch. I still am not completely on board with the Dwayne Haskins pick. From a year ago, uh, I thought he was fine. Uh, 17 of 31 with a touchdown, didn't commit a turnover. Um, and actually, in the last two and a half quarters, he was 14 of 19, 140 some yards and a touchdown. I thought he was really efficient um, as Washington led their comeback. It was weird. 
I mean, a few broadcasters I heard, Jay Glazer, Daryl Johnston, uh, and later on Troy Aikman call the, refer to them as the Redskins. Um, it's still weird for them to not be the Redskins. They're the Washington football team. Um, but in their first game as the Washington football team, they beat the Eagles after losing their previous six games to the Eagles. And they did it in pretty convincing fashion, down 17 nothing, came back and scored the last 27 points. It was just like last year. The uh, Redskins played Philadelphia Week 1, got out to a 17 nothing lead early on, and then Carson Wentz took over through three long touchdown passes, and the Eagles ended up blowing us out. Um, but, I mean, it was a complete role reversal. I think Washington's going to be good. They play the Arizona Cardinals next week, and uh, they're going to look to <laughs> potentially... Go two and zero to start the season. I was not even thinking they were going to go one and zero to start the season, but they blow out a division rival at home in Week One, and all of a sudden, Washington fans like myself are encouraged. But the big story here for me, because I don't think Washington's a threat to win the division, uh, and I still think the Philadelphia Eagles are a big threat to win the division. And a lot of people are going to come out and say this is Carson Wentz's fault. No, this is not on Carson Wentz. This is an injury problem. Okay, Carson Wentz was dealing with his top running back. His top running back was out. His best two offensive linemen were out. His number one receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, was out. And throughout the game, Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz were necked up. So that took away his defense, I mean his, uh, his uh, deep threat, and his number one pass catcher, Zach Ertz. So for the longest time, Wentz had no deep threat and he had no safety valve. And he was running for his life behind a nicked-up offensive line, replacement-level O-line. Carson Wentz couldn't get a playoff, and he had no receivers downfield. As the Eagles get healthier, and I think they will, I'm convinced they're going to win this division. I think they're the best team all around. Now, if Washington had anything resembling playmakers on offense, I'd say Washington looks like the best team in that division. They are the best coached. So far, I think Ron Rivera outcoached Doug Peterson yesterday, and when's the last time you've heard a Washington coach outcoaching any of his fellow coaches in the NFC East? But he outcoached Doug Peterson. Ron Rivera, I, I respect him more than Mike McCarthy, and we don't know anything about Joe Judge. This I think, look, the Eagles are fine. Carson Wentz is fine. Doug Peterson's a top-six head coach in the NFL. This was just a bad matchup with Washington's D-line, and Philadelphia's banged-up O-line. This was just a bad matchup for Carson Wentz. There was really, I was saying all week leading up to this game, I think Carson Wentz is going to struggle to really withstand the pressure from Washington in Week 1. And I didn't think he'd struggle this badly. Eight sacks, three turnovers, but he did. I think the Eagles are still the best team in this division, especially after watching Dallas last night. Carson Wentz, there's nothing to be worried about. He's still, in my opinion, talent-wise, still a top five, top six player in this at his position. I think he's slightly ahead of Drew Brees right now. And I know what you all are saying. How could you say that after he lost to the Washington football team in week one? Because they're pretty good. Washington's okay. Okay, they're not bad like they were a year ago. They might be slightly above average this year. And that's a good thing for the league, and that's a bad thing for Carson Wentz. His division got a little tougher with Chase Young. Chase Young almost got two sacks off of him in his NFL debut and forced a fumble. That's good. Carson Wentz has a tougher division. That's just going to be 
a, a tougher road, and once he succeeds and wins his division, it'll look even more impressive. So yeah, Carson Wentz and the Eagles are 0-1. They lost to division rival Washington in Week 1, um, and that's the story there. Washington's D-line dominates. Carson Wentz struggles for the last two and a half quarters. Uh, the play calling sort of... The play calling was fine. Just all the receivers were banged up. The number one receiver most of the game was rookie Jalen Rieger. He had one catch for a big 55-yard gain, but outside of that was completely invisible. Didn't catch any of his three other targets. Um, okay, so we finally got it. A whole offseason of waiting to see last yesterday's game, and we got it. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. It was Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. It still looked strange. I, I still don't really know how I feel about Tom Brady in a new uniform, but we saw it. And uh, the Saints beat Tampa Bay 34-23. to Tom Brady loses in his Bucks debut, um, which, look, I predicted. I, I think Tom Brady is still fine. I think even with those weapons, he st it still makes him a top eight quarterback in the NFL. But I want to put it in perspective. Both quarterbacks looked old. Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they looked so old yesterday. Tom Brady can't move in the pocket. Because why? Because he's 43 years old. Can't move. Every time they got a little bit of pressure on him, he threw the ball away or he took a sack. He didn't get this type of pressure when he was in New England because their offensive lines were great. He had one of the best O-line coaches in NFL history that just retired last year, Dante Skernecki. And Drew Brees doesn't throw deep passes anymore. He's not accurate down the field. He doesn't have the arm strength. And he's losing snaps still to Taysom Hill. It's still happening, folks. Brees is going to have a quiet statistical year, unlike the previous years where he would still sort of blow up. He's 41. He's unathletic. Most 41-year-old quarterbacks are unathletic. And, I mean, he didn't even average like nine yards a pass yesterday, or a completion yesterday. Taking the short stuff, throwing the, throwing the fades, um, setting up screens to Camara all game. I mean, that's what's going to be all season for New Orleans, and Taysom Hill is going to continue to take snaps away from him. So that's... That was the story yesterday. That's going to be the story today for Drew Brees. But everyone's sort of going off on Tom Brady threw two interceptions. Tom Brady uh, threw a pick six for the third straight game. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, I looked this up. You know, first of all, Tom Brady has never played in an ultra-aggressive offense like Bruce Arians until this season. Bruce Arians has always throw the ball down the field as far as he can. They have big, strong, athletic receivers and have sort of immobile and uh, pocket passers just chuck it deep all the time. He's never really had Tom Brady. I mean, Bruce Arians has never really had a mobile quarterback. He has Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, Jameis Winston, and now Tom Brady. It's sort of like he's always had these unathletic guys who can just who have big arms that could throw it down the field. Um, but let, may I remind you, Bruce Arians takes a while to develop quarterbacks into his system. Okay, it takes a while for those guys to end up being good. Peyton Manning, in 1998, his first year under Bruce Arians, when Arians was his quarterback's coach, he threw 28 picks, led the NFL. Andrew Luck, in his first season with Bruce Arians, threw 18 picks, second most in the NFL. Carson Palmer, in 2013, in his first season with head coach Bruce Arians, threw 22 picks. That was the second most in the NFL. Last year, Jameis Winston, first year under Bruce Arians, threw 30 picks, most in the NFL. 
Tom Brady in his first game under Bruce Arians threw two picks. That's so far the most in the NFL. Bruce Arians' offense is, you know, his quarterbacks throw a lot of interceptions. Okay, 28 picks, 18 picks, 22 picks, 30 picks in their first years with Bruce Arians. Tom Brady's going to throw some picks this season, folks. Historically speaking, that's what Bruce Arians' teams do. They throw picks in their first seasons. Always. It always happens. Okay? They, they don't really throw to the tight ends much. They didn't in Arizona. They didn't last year with O.J. Howard. He was sort of an afterthought. Same with Gronk yesterday. Gronk had two catches for 11 yards. Okay, Andrew Luck didn't really use a tight end in 2012 when he had Bruce Arians. And Peyton Manning, his first his three seasons with uh, Arians as his quarterback's coach, didn't really implement the tight end very much. That's what happens. Okay, Bruce Arians doesn't like his tight ends. He sure doesn't love his number two tight end. And his number two tight end right now looks like Gronk. O.J. Howard's the starter. And Tom Brady's going to have to throw picks. It takes a while. I think Bruce Arians runs a complex offensive scheme. And it's going to take a while. Brock was an afterthought. Brady was sort of throwing it all over the place. His first interception was could have been on Brady, could have been on Evans, whatever, but his second interception was all on Brady. Just a bad play design. It's a learning process. Brady needs to learn where to put those footballs in the right spot in this offense. And unfortunately, he's 43 years old. He's one of the oldest starting quarterbacks in league history. You know, he doesn't have the arm talent that he once had. Still a good arm. He still had some lasers down the field. Tom Brady looked good in some stretches yesterday against New Orleans. But he had some stretches where he looked pretty bad. I feel like that's what it's going to be. A lot of growing pains for Tom Brady in this offense. So Tampa Bay, like I said, I think they squeak in as a wild card team this year. It doesn't change now that they're 0-1. I think the Saints are one of the best rosters in the NFL. They did all that. They blew out Tom Brady without Drew Brees and Michael Thomas having big games, without their without Alvin Kamara really having a great game, and they still look great. So that's my thought on that. Okay, well, let me shift to this. All right, and this is the, this is the game everyone's talking about. When you go to a city, whenever you drive, when you're on the highway and you're driving by certain cities and, you know, they have those signs that have all those restaurants and gas stations and hotels, so you know what's in every city. There's, you know, it, you always sort of see McDonald's. You know, they always put McDonald's on those. They put Walmart. They put Target. You know, they put the big brands, right? McDonald's is a big brand, even though McDonald's isn't exactly the most popular fast food restaurant. It's the biggest brand. I think McDonald's is a bigger brand than Wendy's and Chick-fil-A. But McDonald's is a huge brand. If you look deeper into the city, you know, you get off the exit. And you see that there's Walmart, you see that there's Target. Oh, but there's also an Aldi. There's also a Lidl. Oh, you want food. There's a McDonald's, but there's also a Zaxby's. There's also a Bojangles. There's also actual good places to eat. You know, you, you on face value, the big brands, they show off the big brands, but if you look deeper, there's actually better things in store. What better comparison than the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL? Whenever you look at the NFL, what do you always see? In every commercial, in every advertisement, it's always Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, the Dallas Cowboys, always being talked about. Super Bowl favorite, Dak for MVP, Mike McCarthy, Coach of the Year, all of these things. Oh my goodness, Dak's the $140 million quarterback. 
And then you look deeper, and you see teams like Seattle and Green Bay from yesterday. And even teams like Chicago and Arizona, who looked pretty good yesterday. So those are the those are the great teams. Philadelphia, they don't make the headlines, but Philadelphia most weeks will give you great performances. New England is great, but no one's talking about them. And New Orleans is better than Dallas, but people are still talking about Dallas over New Orleans. But Dallas is McDonald's. Dallas is Walmart. Dallas is Target. Okay, the Cowboys are that brand that you always see. They're everywhere, even though they don't deserve it. You know, why shop at Target when you could get the exact same stuff, but for cheaper at Aldi? Why go to McDonald's when the food at Bojangles and Zaxby's is just better? Why pick the Cowboys to win anything when, oh, the Rams are just better, okay? <laughs> the, the Seahawks are just better. <laughs> Why pick them? There's plenty of teams that I will take as Super Bowl favorites out of the NFC over the Dallas Cowboys this season, and last night proved it to me. They looked almost the exact same as from a year ago. They really did. And remember, we all wanted to blame Jason Garrett. We all wanted to make him out to be the worst head coach in NFL history. Fun fact, do you know who had the most points scored in the NFL last year? Which offense led the league in scoring a year ago? That would happen to be the Cowboys. Under offensive-minded head coach Jason Garrett. Under average NFL quarterback Dak Prescott. Huh. Under 35-year-old tight end Jason Witten. They had the most points in the NFL. Really? Jason Garrett got Dak to throw for nearly 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns? Really? Hmm. We all wanted to blame Jason Garrett. But Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy look one and the same after last night. They ran the ball when they should have thrown it. They went for it on fourth down early in the fourth quarter when they had a chance to tie the game, and it ended up costing them. Okay, they had a big penalty late against Michael Gallup. Oh, Offensive pass interference, yeah, yeah, should have been called. It was ticky-tack against Jalen Ramsey, but it still happened. It's the same story every time. Zeke got carries when Dak should have thrown it. Dak threw it when they should have given Zeke the ball. Okay, they went for it on fourth down when they should have just kicked a field goal. And they had a big uh, penalty that was ticky-tack. You know, might have been a bad call. Go against the Cowboys. That's the story every time they lose. That's the story. It was a story when they lost to uh, Green Bay in the playoffs back in 2014. That was the story last night against the L.A. Rams. Look, the Rams are just better. Dak was ordinary last night, plain and simple. It was, it was not a good way to start his second consecutive contract year. He was ordinary, 269 yards, a touchdown pass. You know, came close to throwing a pick or two. Just didn't make a bunch of an impact in this game. I wasn't terribly impressed. I thought he was average, but not great. And that's sort of how I've always felt about Dak Prescott. He's not the best quarterback in this division. Carson Wentz is, still, and will be. I don't care what Carson Wentz did against Washington yesterday. What Dak Prescott did against the Rams was not better. It was the same. Dak wasn't... I mean, look, who had the better running game yesterday? Dak Prescott. Who had the better O-line play yesterday? Dak Prescott. Who had the better wide receivers? Dak Prescott. Dak played the same as Carson Wentz, in my opinion, 
despite everything being better than what Carson Wentz had. Who played a better defensive line yesterday? Carson Wentz. Who played against a better defensive coach yesterday? Carson Wentz. Yet we still want to act like Dak has it tougher than Wentz. Excuse me, Carson Wentz still has it tougher because that team does not know how to put together solid offensive personnel for Carson Wentz. They do for Dak. <laughs> they added C.D. Lamb. Guess what? He had five catches for 59 yards yesterday. Oh, they used a first-round pick on that when they could have gotten like a corner or a safety or a Mike linebacker or someone that could actually contribute to this team like a tight end. No. Or a reserve offensive lineman. No, they wanted to go and bulk up at wide receiver. When's the last great wide receiving core that ended up making any much of an impact? Cleveland last year? Oh, yeah, they went 6-10. and 10. That's the problem with Dallas. They went too flashy, and they always are too flashy. They're like McDonald's. Too much brand, not enough production. Not a great product. That's simply what it was. Cowboys are going to be 8-8 eight and eight this year. And there's really nothing that I can say that would possibly mean anything better for them. They're not as good as the Eagles. They're marginally better than Washington. And there's a bunch of teams in the NFC that are just playing better than the Cowboys this year. So, Okay, uh, best for last. want to keep it short and sweet. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson looked fantastic yesterday. Everyone wants to talk up these young quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes is great, and Lamar Jackson is great. But you know who else is great? The gold guys. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers were almost completely flawless yesterday, and it's not like they were playing scrubs. Aaron Rodgers was playing a playoff team from a year ago in Minnesota. He wiped the floor with them and didn't make anything close to a mistake. He was fabulous. Russell Wilson played against Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a former league MVP. The Falcons are a team that made the Super Bowl a few years ago. Doesn't matter. Russell Wilson completed almost every pass. Almost had a perfect passer rating. He was absolutely fabulous. The old guys always dominate. They're just great. And they're not old guys. They're middle-of-the-pack middle, middle of the pack guys, Wilson and Rodgers. But they were amazing. And the Packers and Seahawks are going to be problems yet again because they are just about as good as it gets at the quarterback position. All right, uh, Jags stunned the Colts. Gardner Minshew, wow, 19 of 20. Three touchdown passes. That's a team I a lot of people thought had the chance to go in 16. Tank for Trevor Lawrence. Not with Gardner Minshew. That guy is 7-6 and six as a quarterback in the NFL. 24 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. If Jacksonville really wants to tank, Gardner, they better bench Gardner Minshew because he gives them a very high chance of winning football games this year. Phillip Rivers' first Indianapolis start through two bad interceptions. He was mostly accurate, but... Two bad picks, more of the same from him. And he couldn't beat Jacksonville. That's going to be the story. That's why I'm not super high on the Colts this season. Because I think they sort of beelined a quarterback from Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers. Uh, I think it's the Titans' division at the moment. I think Titans are still the best team in the in the AFC South. Uh, I think they're marginally better than Indianapolis. And I think they're pretty better than Houston. Because the Texans have a ton of problems. And none of them includes Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. Um, this is Tennessee's division at the moment. If if <laughs> if Indianapolis loses to Jacksonville, Tennessee's the best team in that division. They have the league's, league's leading rusher from a year ago and the league's best passer rating producer in Ryan Tannehill. It's Titans division. Um, okay, Lions blow late chance to beat the Bears. I mean, good Lord. DeAndre Swift 
drops the game-winning touchdown pass from Matthew Stafford with six seconds to go. Stafford, yeah, he had a fourth-quarter choke. He threw a bad interception late in the fourth quarter, but he had a chance to have a miracle win against a division rival yesterday, and rookie running back DeAndre Swift just flat-out dropped the game-winning touchdown. Uh, three fourth-quarter touchdowns from Mitchell Trubisky. I was wrong. I Entering this week, I had Trubisky at the last-ranked starting quarterback in the NFL besides the unproven Joe Burrow. And Trubisky looked terrible for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, three touchdown passes to three different guys and led the Bears on a 17-point comeback against a division rival on the road. I got to give Trubisky credit. He made plays down the stretch, and he looked great in the fourth quarter. Uh, Ravens blow out the Browns. Same old Baker, same old Browns. Baker Mayfield, 21 of 39 with an interception. Did not look pretty, uh, and they lost 38-6. to I thought this might have been the year for the Browns to finally come through, but Baker Mayfield looked absolutely dreadful yesterday. I get it. The, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. All-around Ravens are the best team, and Baker Mayfield just completely looked lost against against them. And it's not his fault. He's, I think he's the third-best quarterback, debatably, in that division. Ben Roethlisberger's better, and Lamar Jackson is a million times better. Lamar Jackson looked great yesterday, back in MVP form already. I think he'll be right back in the MVP race for the second straight year this season as the Ravens look to go undefeated. And finally, uh, Buffalo decks the Jets. Uh, I think the Jets, they look, they, they look terrible. Le'Veon Bell can't run the ball. Sam Darnold looks lost against with probably one of the worst supporting casts I've ever seen in league history. The Jets might be the worst team in the NFL. They have the worst coach in Adam Gase. Sam Darnold is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. And that supporting cast is ten times worse. Le'Veon Bell can't run the football anymore. He's wasting the rest of his career in New, in New York. Chased the money. He chased the big contract. And look where it's gotten him. The Jets barely win. Uh, and Josh Allen took a step in the right direction. First 300-yard passing game. Accounted for three touchdowns. Almost 360 total yards. He looked good. Buffalo's going to win that division. They might win 11 to 12 games this season. They looked good on D. And they really looked good on offense. Stephon Diggs, eight catches, 86 yards in his Bills debut. I think this might be a fun offense to watch this season with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Devin Singletary, and Josh Allen running the football. Looks good. Um, across the league, Alec Mills uh, for the Chicago Cubs had a no-hitter. First no-hitter for the Cubs since Jake Arrieta in 2016. That's in baseball. Uh, and then in basketball, the Nuggets... Force Game 7 against the L.A. Clippers uh, with a uh, big win to Force Game 7. Nuggets have won the last two after the Clippers went up three games to one. And Game 7 will determine who will play the L.A. Lakers in the Western Conference Finals uh, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis getting extended rest as the Clippers or the Nuggets will have had to have played seven games in one series. Uh, that is it from my side of things uh, tonight. Pittsburgh Steelers and New York Giants face off at 7.15. And then at 10, we will have the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos to close out week one. An exciting week one. It is good to be back in football. Let's hope we can keep this up. Uh, I am Jacob Valier, and you have listened to the Jadavis Show. So long, and let's go Washington football team.